Cool. Hey, everybody. I'm Prince Jackson, host of the Teacher's Lounge. And today I have a guest, um, very special guest. I have Miss Story Thank on you. the show. Um, hello. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. Okay. So, um, yeah. So you were a teacher. What did you teach exactly? Um, I taught the first um, three or four years. I taught fifth grade. Mm-hmm. And then I taught oh. middle school. We set up a middle school. I had taught at a K. Eight. So I had fourth, fifth, no, excuse me, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade language arts. Okay. And then I went to the biggest middle school in the county, went from the smallest to the biggest, and I taught language arts for seventh grade, and I taught social studies, and I taught eighth grade, and I ended my career teaching EC. EC, mm -hmm. okay. So let's back, like, what made you want to get into teaching? Um, I, I kind of guess I knew I always wanted to be a teacher. I mean, it wasn't one of those things where I was little and I said, oh, I want to be a teacher, I want to be a teacher. But, um, when I got to college, <clears throat> that was just the direction I was led into. And I was going to do, um, secondary. I wanted to be a history teacher, a high school history teacher, mm -hmm. because I had a wonderful high school history teacher and I wanted to be just like her. And when I was at Appalachian, they started up a new middle grades program. And in that program, I didn't have to take PE, and I didn't have to take art and music and all those other courses, so I could concentrate on just language and social studies. So that's the direction I went into, and um, and that's when I knew. And then when I got my job, I was still kind of like, I don't know what I'm doing the first year. But then once I got settled and, and got into the middle school setting, I knew that was where I was meant to be. Okay. So you kind of found your calling in middle school. Found my calling in middle school, exactly. <laughs> well, let's talk about that, that uh, right. first couple of years. Because, I mean, I've been telling everybody I'm at elementary school. And that first week for me it was very difficult. So, yeah, like, elementary school is a whole different ballgame. Yeah, it really well, is. So what was that first year like? Um, well, I didn't know what I was getting into. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. I just was kind of, um, the school that I was in was, like I said, a K-8. We had one teacher per grade, and I had a combination class. I had mm -hmm. like 20 students, I think, max, but I had fifth and sixth graders. And then I had, um, then like I said, I had fifth grade, and it was, it was different because I taught everything. I taught spelling, English, math, um, which was a great disservice to my <laughs> students, <laughs> me teaching math. But, um, um, it, it really was, and then, um, but I loved fifth graders, and, and first year was great, second year was awful, third year, you know, it was good, I had really good students, that was a good community that I taught in, so that was, you know, I was in a little different situation than most people were those first couple of years. Why did you say your second year was worse than the first? It was hard, I had... I'd gone from 20 kids that were really good, good kids to a class of that ranged from 30 to 36 Oof. kids. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and at any given time, only six of those kids were girls. That's the most girls I had at one time, and it was all boys. And, and you know, looking back, I realized that it wasn't that bad, and they weren't that bad. But mm -hmm. as a second-year teacher and having that many, and it was, and they were all boy all, every single one of them were all boy, and it was, it was hard, um, it was, it was hard for me to discipline, it was hard for me to keep their attention, it was hard, it was just, it was a hard, it was a hard year, but 
I survived. And, and looking back, I realize it wasn't as bad as I thought it was at the time, mm-hmm. even though I did have that many kids. Um, but it it was it was it was it was not an easy year for a second year teacher. Let's put it that way. No, I believe that. Like it's, I mean. I was just, I had a conversation at the school and it was somebody there just on their third year, but they said that their first year teaching was whenever everything went completely virtual. Mm-hmm. And that was like a slap in the face. Oh, wow. That is. Now, yeah. See, I couldn't, I, I don't, that's why I'm glad I retired before COVID <laughs> hit because I'm not really, I'm not sure I could have made it in a virtual. I mean, I guess, you know, if I had to, but that, that's something I'm glad I didn't have to deal with. I suppose that way. Yeah. So. <clears throat> with the with that second year class did you how do you like how'd you go about discipline because i know that's something that like a lot of young teachers struggle well, uh, it is and and i uh, hey and this is going to cause a lot of controversy <laughs> i'm going to go ahead and say it um we paddled at at um at this school and mm-hmm. and a lot of it was most of the time it was with parental permission um it was a school in the country mm-hmm. um um parents were pretty involved and and most of them were. I had one. I'd call his daddy, and he'd say, "Just whoop him." That's what he'd say. And um, it was hard for me, and I didn't do it very much. Mm-hmm. But um, that was a big deterrent. It really, truly was a big deterrent. Like I said, I didn't do it much. And I, um, the first time I ever paddled, the teacher that, you know, you had to have a witness at the mm-hmm. time. Yikes. Now this is thirty over thirty years ago, um, but she said. Um, you didn't even you didn't even hurt him. Don't worry, you didn't, because I was all upset. You know, I can't, I can't believe I had to whip a kid that wasn't mine. Da, 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 da. He's like, she's like, you didn't even hurt him. Don't even worry about it. And and you know it, but that was a big that was a big thing, and it was a big deterrent. But um, discipline wise, I mean, you just tried everything. You know, to take them. My big thing was taking a lot of kids out in the hall and just mm. talking to them. And it was it. Did that seem pretty effective? You know. I didn't realize it was at the time, but it's interesting that you said that because um, we had a um, reunion mm-hmm. of those, a bunch of those kids. This student wasn't in that class, but he was in a class. And um, this was just two years ago, maybe. And he, he pulled me to the side at this reunion, and he said, I just want to tell you something. He said, um, you know, you made the biggest impact on me. And I was like, what are you talking about? Because, I, you know, he was, he's a great kid, great kid. And I always remember him being a great kid. I didn't remember him. He said that um, he was really, he said, I was slacking off in the fifth grade. And he said, you pulled me out in the hall. You told me I had potential. You told me that you were tired of me being a slacker. You told me that I needed to, to straighten up and get my act together and, and do what I was supposed to do and that, that I had the potential to do it. And he said, and I did. And he said, every time I got lazier, I just thought about what you said. So what you say means a whole lot more than you think it does. Gotcha. You know, and, and like I said, 30 years later, I'd never, I was like, I don't even remember talking to you out in the hall. I don't even remember you being a kid that I had to talk to out in the hall. You know, I just remember you being a good kid that I didn't have to. And he was like, no, I wasn't a good kid. I did this and I did that. And I, was like, I don't remember that. Yeah. And then- I feel like that's that's something too. Like I've been talking to like some teachers at the school, and you don't get that instant gratification, you know. Uh-uh. Like you're talking to a kid, and they go back in the class, and then they do a backflip again, and you're like, oh no. So. Well, I tell you, the best way 
to discipline. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm sure you've heard this under times, but I will say it over and over again. The most important thing a teacher can do is to build a relationship with your kids. And that's it. Right. If you if you build that relationship, and each relationship is going to be different, and it's hard to build, especially in your instance when you see every kid in the school. Yeah, you know. But um, you, anytime you can build a relationship with a student, mm-hmm. that will work wonders. You will not believe kids will turn backflips for you <laughs> when you want them to turn backflips for you <laughs> um, if they think you love them. If, if a kid thinks that you love them and a kid thinks you care about them, they will do anything you ask, yeah. I, regardless of who the kid is. I don't care who it is. Hmm. If a kid thinks you don't like them, they won't. And I've had that happen to me before, bunches of times. A kid doesn't think I like them. Hmm. And, and they'll say it, which hurts, you it, know. I don't want some kids you don't. <laughs> it's hard to say, too. But you build a relationship with a kid. Okay. Yeah, and that's that's something I was talking to my principal about, like just kind of because that was something I struggled with. Like mm-hmm. even now, it's just like I don't really know how to discipline children yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he was like, just get to know them. Like yeah. the more you get to know them, the easier it will be to like you know get them on board. That's the truth. The so. easier because number one, the, you know what they respond to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know you you um, you know I have one. I remember one kid, and and if you called them down in class, they just shut down. Mm. Shut down, absolutely shut down. I pulled them over to the side. Everything was great. That's what you have to do that with middle schoolers anyway. You can't embarrass them in middle school. You embarrass a middle schooler in front of their kids, they'll hate you forever. Oh, yeah. But, um, Could you bring <clears throat> the mic a little bit closer? Yeah, I'm sorry. You can just like, pull this thing right here, and it'll just come closer to you. There you go. Yay. Right, there we go. <laughs> but um, anyway, that's, you know, build, build that relationship. Build that rapport. Okay. And so... That was like elementary school days. Let's talk mm-hmm. about the middle school. Mm. Uh, how was that? I love middle schoolers. Okay. I do. I can't. I, I love seventh graders especially. They're my favorite. Okay. Um, but I've taught, oh, I've taught fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth. Um, when I was at this, the first school I taught, um, which was, it was Oak Hill Elementary in Lenore, that first group I had we we had to set up a middle school we had to design our own middle school and there were four teachers mm-hmm. and um so I had fifth sixth seventh and eighth so I had those kids four years in a row uh, that was yeah that was interesting how so I had these kids that I loved and then the kids that were the some of the worst troublemakers I had I had them all four years I had them for four years straight but it was really easy to build that relationship when you have them for four years in a row. Yeah. But, um, but no, I love middle schoolers. I just think they're the coolest kids ever. What do you think the biggest difference between middle and elementary is? Uh, hormones. For sure. Yeah. That, that's probably the biggest difference. Um, middle schoolers are more concerned about what their friends think than they are about what you think or any other adult thinks. Oh. So anytime you have any kind of issue that's why i say don't embarrass them in front of their friends you don't ever embarrass them in front of their friends that uh. that's it but they are more concerned with what their friends think and so if their friends think they're being cool that's what they're going to do uh, so as a teacher how would you go about handling that like if like if you have a kid that's just not coming on board or you know they're just not in it you you take that kid to the side you don't, you don't do it in front of them. You take them to the side and you say, look, this isn't cool. What you're doing is not right. 
Mm. You know it's not right. Um, you know, what can we do to fix it? Well, how can I help you fix it? You get them on your side. Got you. And then you try it again, and you try it again. Mm -hmm. Then you let somebody else handle it. Because after three times, three or four times of, of the same conversation, I mean, you know, sometimes kids aren't going to respond to you. They're just not. And, you know, you got to take into account, you know, what's going on with them at home. Middle schoolers are really, really um, bad to keep their feelings to themselves because they don't want to be embarrassed, because they don't want to, you know, you can't cry in front of a teacher, even if it's just you and the teacher. Interesting. No, they're not going to do that. Huh. And so they're not going to they're not going to let that guard down, especially if they have a situation at home where they're having to keep their guard up too. It's very easy for them to just bring that back into the, you know. I mean, I've had kids that were have been sexually abused. I have kids that, you know, their parents didn't give to wits about them. You know that that and they bring it into the classroom. And sometimes you're the only adult that cares. Mm -hmm. And it's the middle schooler that's really important because they're in that, I don't know if I want to be this, I don't know if I want to be that. You know, this, it, middle school's a time of transition, big time. And, um, but that's the, that, you know, if you can, <clears throat> if you can get them to see that it's okay to be a good kid, if you can get them to see that it's okay not to be that troublemaker, mm -hmm. it's okay to do your work, you know, and a lot of and middle schoolers don't see that in run. You see very, very few middle schoolers that have that lifelong goal set. You know, you've got kids that, well, I'm gonna graduate and I'm gonna be valedictorian and then I'm gonna go to Carolina or Chapel Hill or State or wherever and and um, you know, but. Um, it's, you know, that's very few and far between. So for them to see that, that the, the end goal is for them to make an A in your classroom mm -hmm. or the end goal is for them to make this, you know, you can do all kinds of things. You can do reward systems and you can do behavior goals and you can do this and that. But in the end, if they think you like them, if they think you love them, they're going to do what you ask them to do. Got you. And it's, it's funny that you mentioned some that like, uh, you know, they can't see the end goal. Because I was talking to my CE about that, my mm -hmm. clinical educator at the high school. And he was like, you know, like whenever you get a little bit older, like with high school kids, they're planning for college mm -hmm. and like a little bit bigger goals. Like your perception of time, like you start to see a little further than like tomorrow. Right. But when you're in like elementary or middle school, it's like I'm waking up and going to music tomorrow. Like exactly. They don't think any further than that. Yeah, Exactly. So, and it was kind of, that was one of the tough things for me. Like in the fall, whenever I was teaching it, I was like, um, whenever I was at the high school, I could tell them like, you want to go do this in college, right? Like they were like, yeah, I think I do want to do this. I was like, so let's practice a little bit. But in middle school, they're like, yeah, why do I need to practice? Well, and two, when they're in high school and they're mm -hmm. in band or they're in art or, you know, you're good at a situation like that, mm -hmm. they want to be there. They took that course by choice, most mm -hmm. of them. You know, most of them did. You know, in elementary school, everybody goes to music. Yep. You know, and if you don't like music or you don't feel like you're talented in music or that's what you're, you know, that would be, that would be really hard for me mm. is to make every kid feel like they have a musical talent and they can do music. Mm. I think that would be the hardest part of your job 
if I were you. But I'm not, you know, so, I mean, that, that to me, because, you know, a hard, the hardest part of my job was to make every, because I love to read, and I love literature, and I love stories, and I love to be read, too, and I can't understand why in the world somebody would not want to pick up a book, you know. My daughter didn't want to read, and it drove me crazy. She did not want to read. And I was like, I, I don't understand, you know, how can you not, you know, and that's really hard for me to instill a love of reading. And so I think that would be hard to instill, like a love of music. But, you know, in the high school, that's different because, you know, you, you they want to be there, mm -hmm. I guess what I'm trying to say. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. But at the same time, you know, when you've got little ones, that has got to be exciting. Yeah, the kindergartners have been a lot of, they've been very interesting. <laughs> I bet so. Sure. I've had, um, just in like the first week, I've had a couple of kids cry. And I was yeah. like, I, I don't know how to handle it. Oh, this. I make kids cry all the time. All the time. Like what, like, what was your biggest like freak out experience with the kid when they started crying? Or one of them. I'm sure there was many. When they started crying? I don't remember. <clears throat> I have a friend, and I used this line when you were telling me about that earlier. Um, I have a friend that, that she's a middle school teacher, mm -hmm. awesome teacher. I mean, she is an amazing teacher at every subject. And um, she has, if she's got a very sharp tongue, very, you know, mm. and she can shut a kid down. I mean, quick. Huh. And um, one of the best disciplinarians I've ever seen. She said, but she said, um, she tells them that. They need to stop crying. That she has two kids at home that are way cuter than they are, and she makes them cry all the time. So the tears aren't affecting her one bit. <laughs> oh wow! So, and they usually stop. But you can do that with middle schoolers. You can't do that with a kindergartner. Mm. You know, um, yeah. I, I don't. I, I guess the first time one cried on me, I, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I made him cry. And you know, at the same time, if you're really truly making one cry, not a kindergartner because they cry a lot. <laughs> if you're making like a fifth grader or a seventh grader or an eighth grader cry, you've hit something. You know, you've you've touched some kind of nerve. So you might be doing something right. Okay. Yeah, fortunately, I've never made a middle schooler cry. <laughs> <laughs> That's never happened before. I, a few, a few. I think I've had a few kindergartners and yeah, a, a few first graders and a third grader. Oh. Yeah. That was a They that was still a cry in third grade sometimes. Yeah, fourth grade, they've, they're pretty tough. Oh, yeah, they're yeah. tough. They're yeah. about middle school. They're almost middle school. Oh, yeah. And fifth grade, they're just like, let me out of fifth grade. Yeah, yeah. Just shut up, man. <laughs> Did you ever teach any high school at all or dabble in that mm -hmm. world? Mm -hmm. Why not? No, I, I, I just didn't. I, um, my licensure year was four and nine, which mm. was, you know. But once I got that middle grades, I didn't, I didn't want to go any further and, mm. and get. But now... The way that the state ended up doing my licensure, I can teach, I can teach K twelve reading. Okay. I can teach four nine. Everything. No, I can teach K twelve reading. I can teach K four everything. I can teach K five everything. I can teach six nine reading language arts. Okay. So. 
in the high school age just never seemed yeah. that appealing. Yeah, it just didn't. I don't know. I, I mean, you know, I think I probably, if I wasn't middle school, mm -hmm. and it's so funny because the reason I ended up with middle school was because, not because I wanted to be a middle grades teacher. It was because the course requirements were so different, <laughs> and I wasn't going to have to take PE and music and, and, you know, elementary. It was, it was a lot of, there were a lot of elementary methods courses that huh. I wasn't going to have to take. And so, because when they started that middle grades, it was very, you know, concentrated, whatever your concentration was, which was, mm -hmm. mine was language and social studies. So I was really excited about not having to do elementary math and all that other stuff. And it was so, you know, that, that's how I fell into the middle grades, which was where I was supposed to be. That's, I'm very much a middle grades teacher. Okay. Yeah. And I didn't realize how hard, like like elementary school that that is tough it is like, it, there's no way i think that kindergarten teachers kindergarten first and second grade teachers and third grade teachers even um are, they have special wings in heaven uh there is no doubt in my mind there's no way i i it, i was good to get my own children my two kids through kindergarten through third grade that I didn't like them at home, much less I couldn't have done it at school. I mean, I liked them, but you know what I mean. Oh, yeah, I get you. I, I mean, get you. I, I, that was just, I was never a, no, mm -mm, no. I, I, I never had any desire, any desire. Fourth grade is the lowest I would ever want to teach. Mm. And I really didn't enjoy that, teaching fourth grade. That's the lowest I've gone. That's the lowest I've taught. Okay. Yeah, that, yeah, I'm learning. I'm learning for sure, like, like being at the high school and going to the middle school, elementary is a completely different world. It's a yeah, it's yeah. a whole different ball game. And I got like such an appreciation for it once mm -hmm. I finally got there. But you know the thing about that you do get from elementary kids that you don't, and the and the reason I, is because being at a K eight, mm -hmm. you know, I watched them grow from kindergarten because I was there for ten years. Uh -huh. So there, several of my kids I watched go from kindergarten because there was one, and we did a lot of partner activities with mm -hmm. the kindergarten class. But like I said, there was one teacher per grade, so I watched them grow from kindergarten. You know, you see them in the hallway, you talking to them, you know, you know all this stuff. And so, mm -hmm. but they love you. I mean, they love you, and they don't care to tell you how much they love you. And they mm -hmm. give you notes, and and you know, and and just that you get you get lots of positive feedback from kindergarten. I know it's hard. Not I'm not just kindergarten, but from the lower grades, you mm -hmm. get that you get those notes and the and the, I loves you and, and you're my favorite teacher and that kind of stuff you don't get that that much from middle schoolers you do you do get it from middle schoolers and when you do they mean it mm -hmm. but um sometimes sometimes they're just telling you that to um get something oh yeah you know? definitely yeah they, they can manipulate but anyway well lastly I guess do you have any uh, crazy stories? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly really interested in the paddling situation. Are you? Like, yeah, because my CE, he started teaching 17 years ago. Mm -hmm. And he said that his first year teaching, he had a... Um, he had a kid in the band room just freaking out and acting out. He called the principal, and the principal comes down and was like, come here. And he takes the student to his office, and mm -hmm. the kid comes back. And he said it was a big kid, like football player, like six feet in middle school, like huge. And the kid just comes back crying, sits in the class, and does, like just pays attention. Never had a problem with him after that. And he was like... Well, I, I don't think I can say what he said because he says the story's better than me. But like, he basically said, if you have any more problems out of him, let me know. And he found out the kid got paddled. And I was like, 17 years ago isn't that long It's ago. not that long. Yeah. I, the first year, the first year 
I taught. <clears throat> I could paddle. And I think like it was. You could up or the to, principal? No, I could. Oh. Yeah. My daddy made me a paddle. Did you ever use it? Yeah. Oh. I did. Man. I didn't want to. I really didn't want to. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't like it. Yeah. Don't, yeah. I don't, I don't want to say that it was, you know, something that I looked, you know. And it was a very much a last resort. And to be honest, the first year that I taught, <clears throat> I maybe paddled two or three times. Okay. Maybe. And, and, but now it was very commonplace, especially where I taught. Because like I taught, like I said, I taught out in the country. These were parents that were very, you know, that they whipped out home, you mm -hmm. know, and they expected you to do it at school. They expected you to do that. And then, and honestly, I had, I, I would send, we had a, we had a male teacher that was in the middle grades. That was a very strict disciplinarian that scared the snot out of any kid that walked down the hallway. I mean, he, they loved him, but, you know, he was that, you know, mm -hmm. nice, mean teacher, I guess is what I want to say. But, um. And he he helped me a lot with discipline. You know, I relied very much on veteran teachers, the veteran teachers in my school, with discipline and with paddling. But um, um, I'll I'll never forget. I had I had one, and I would I would call him, and and he'd say, I'd say, you know, um, John is giving me a hard time. You know, what do you want me to do? And he'd say, just whip him. You know, if you just whip him, he'll be all right. And I'd say, are you sure? And he'd say, yeah, just whip him. This was about probably my fourth or fifth year teaching. And then after that, my principal would came to us and he said, you know, he said it's, and that's when it was getting. And he said um, he would rather that, I mean, it was still not, you know, but he would say he would rather that we didn't and mm -hmm. that if we had any problems to come to him and he would. Gotcha. And then... Probably my sixth or seventh year, they just cut it out completely. Okay. But it, you know, like I said, some kids it didn't. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't remember paddling a whole lot, but I did. Yeah. I still have that paddle somewhere. My daddy made it for me. Yeah, that's funny. I yep. mean, it was a different time then. Like it really was, and it was okay. Like I said, it was an acceptable. And and you will even even then, I had parents that would say, "If you can paddle him, go ahead." And I'd say, "I can't. You know, I can't paddle anymore." I'd still probably up until <clears throat> I don't know. I I will never forget though. I had a parent come in, and this kid was. It was the first year I taught, mm -hmm. and um, this kid was just giving me down the road. I mean, he was a new kid. He came in in the middle of the year and was out to prove himself. And so I finally, you know, I did everything I was supposed to do. I paddled him. Nothing was working, and, and so I took him to this new, this other teacher. Mm -hmm. And his dad came in, <clears throat> dad and mom, I think. Anyway. And um, they wanted this other teacher to paddle him. And he did. And um, he gave him like two licks. And they said, no, you need to give him another one. And they ended up asking him to give him like seven licks. Oof. And he quit. I mean, he, he, like the, he gave him two, like, you know, pretty hard. And then, mm -hmm. then he just barely hit him the last couple of times. He's, and they said, you need him. And he's like, no, 
I'm not doing it anymore. So, you know, we, there were parents that, you know, were big time advocates of it and, and they wanted you to paddle. But, you know, this was back in 85, 86. Yeah. And it, you know, I, I can't imagine it happening now. I just can't imagine it happening now. And, it, and, it, and, you know, you look back and it, and it you know, I, it wasn't, you know, you hit the, you're hitting a kid with a board, yeah. you know, pretty much. And I mean, you know, it was, but, you know, we came up through, and I can, I can remember in school, that was the one thing. I mean, I had a teacher that was going to paddle me, and I was like, no, you can't, you know, do it. I mean, that oh. was, yeah, because I was talking in the bathroom. I mean, that was, you know, you got paddlings for that when I was in school. Really? Yeah. That simple. Yeah, but I didn't get it. I didn't get it because I told her that I told her that um, my daddy said that nobody had better ever give me a spanking but him. But he was talking about my aunt at the time. He wasn't talking about a teacher. So when I went home, very proud of the fact that I told that my teacher, my daddy said that I got a spanking at home, and then I had to go back and apologize to the teacher because they didn't mean at school. Yikes! Yeah, yeah, it was funny, but <laughs> but the paddling, yeah. But I, I can't, like I said, I can't imagine it happening now. <clears throat> I can't imagine it being a deterrent now either, though. Mm. I can't imagine any. Because the issues, I think the behavior problems are so much bigger now than they were. I told somebody the other day, with the exception of my last two years that I taught, which was in an EC classroom, that I would wish I had done my end. Those were like two of the best years I ever had. Mm. Um, fun. We just, great kids, great assistants. But, but with the exception of those last two years, I wish I could have done my teaching career in reverse. I wish I could have had the kids I had my first five years, the last five years, because those kids were so good, and I didn't realize how minuscule those problems were compared to the problems that kids have now. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I didn't even think, like, you taught for 32 years, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, you saw a lot of change I did. in how school was to, mm-hmm. like, what it is now. Mm-hmm. And you recently, like, how long ago did you stop teaching? I've been out. I quit and I retired <laughs> in 2016. Oh, so that's very recent. Yeah. God, so what would you say, like, the biggest difference is in education from when you started? Um, the emphasis on testing. Huh. When I first started teaching, you, the stuff that I did, the stuff that we did, um, those first 10 years, I mean, we, we did so much stuff and it was so fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, we did units and projects and we took kids skiing. We took kids to Atlanta Braves games. We took kids, you know, skating and we did something every, we did a reward thing every month. We did field trips all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, all the time. And, um, you know, you, you did you did your academics, but kids knew they were going to have fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, a big thing, too, is that um, kids don't have enough recess PE exercise time during the day. They don't have enough Nowadays. movement. Nowadays. Yeah. yeah, now. You know, back then, mm-hmm. you know, I could take my kids outside for an hour if I wanted to and let them play. And I did. Mm-hmm. And they would learn. They learn better. Um, but it, 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 there's so much emphasis on test scores and, and achievement and... You know, and and I think there's way in the middle school and high school, I think there's way too much emphasis put on kids knowing what they're going to be doing 
five years from now. I think, you know, because like even in as freshmen, they're asked to go into this academy or that academy. You know, do you think you might want to be a teacher? Well, you need to be in this academy. Or do you think you might want to be a tradesperson? You need, I, I just think, I just think we're asking kids to decide their future way too early. Yes. And that's so many high school kids, like where I was at, mm-hmm. they asked me, they were like, I was like, it's kind of unfair to ask you like, hey, what do you want to do the rest of your exactly. life when you're 17? Exactly. It's way like, too early, way too early. And, and that's like college. You know, you go into college now and they're like, okay, what do you, you know, college is your time to explore. College is your time to take these different courses and say, I want to do this and this and this and this and this. And mm-hmm. you can't do it in the high schools now because there's too much emphasis on scores, SAT scores, college acceptance. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just, there's just too much emphasis on that. Kids can't be kids. Yeah. Oh, man. So you think it's hurting? Like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I also think there's, and this is really going to be bad. I also think there's way too much emphasis on STEM, and I think there needs to be more emphasis on reading and literature and writing. I don't think people know how to um, express themselves, and I don't because they're they're way too much. They're way too focused on the technology, math, and, and not that that's not important because those things are important. But you mm-hmm. would not believe the number of times that I was told that math was way more important than reading. When we were talking about switching classes and stuff. And, and that's just always been, you know, I just don't think kids read enough. And I don't think they write enough. And I don't think they know how to express themselves if it's not on a computer. Yeah, that's something. I just had a conversation with someone else. And they said that a lot of the kids, I was talking to someone at another school. They were like, they just don't really know how to express Mm-mm. themselves. And then having that year and a half completely online, like, as a you know, as a, they, the last time they really read something was in second grade. Exactly. Well, the last time they were sitting in a classroom, sitting in a school building, yeah. you know, with other kids. Yeah, there were, there, it's, you know, I'm, I really worry about those kids the last three years. Mm-hmm. You know, kindergartners and first graders, they're kind of, you know, this is their normal. Mm-hmm. But, you know, these fourth and fifth graders, they're, they've had it rough the yeah. last little bit. Yep. And, and coming into a middle school, it's even worse. My, uh, like, this is just a personal thing, but it's related. My niece, she started school, in, like, on Zoom. So her whole first year was, like, Aww. virtual. And But, like, she was okay because she... Um, that's she, what they know. Well, my, yeah, that's all she knew. But also, like, you know, my brother was very much, like, do your work. You have to read and this, that, right. and the other. But, like, she hated school because she was like, I want to hang out with my friends. And mm-hmm. I want to go talk to people and go to recess. Like, she couldn't do that. No. Like, no. And that hurts. It does. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, you know, there's that social aspect that they're missing, too. And a lot of kids don't know how to do that because all their, you know, their focus is on social media. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's a big that was one thing that I was glad I didn't I didn't have to deal with a lot of. Now, you know, because, like, Facebook was really big right before I retired. Mm-hmm. And so, like, we couldn't have Facebook. Like, teachers could have Facebooks, but we couldn't have friends. You know, kids couldn't be our friends on Facebook and all this. I mean, we had all these rules. But mm-hmm. but I think that, I think that, I think that kids are just way too, way, they know way too much about each other and each other's lives and, you know, there's no there's no place to have secrets and there's no place to but that's a whole different ball game. There. Oh, that that's is not even talking about teaching anymore. But <laughs> but as a you know, as a teacher that's the one thing I, I, I think that I think that we place way too much emphasis on them knowing what they want to do when they're not old enough and they're not mature enough mm-hmm. to make those decisions. I'm sorry. They're just not 
And <clears throat> I think that um, they don't have enough time to play. They should have a lot more time to play. They should. I agree. They should. And playing, you know, that's music. That's art. That's PE. You know, if I could have had my way, I'd have never gone to PE. I'd have gone to music every day. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Every day. <laughs> I'm just not a PE person. I never was. Yeah. But, you know, there are kids that are. And there's kids that, I mean, I've seen it just this past week. Some kids are like, I've never really liked music before. I mean, they just Mm-mm. love, like, art and PE. Yeah. 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 But, you know, you do what you can to make it fun, but you're mm-hmm. going to have kids that don't like it. You know, I, you're always going to have kids that don't like to read. You're always going to have kids that don't like music. You're going to have kids that don't, you know, like math. Like, I hated math. Mm-hmm. With a passion. <laughs> I you always ended up having math. to teach it one year, and it was awful. Awful. Yeah. My worst, not pretty. My worst thing was always science. That's off topic, but yeah. I suck at science. <laughs> yeah. I was never good at science either. I didn't understand it. This is what you don't understand. Yeah. You don't think. But, I mean, yeah. Wow. That was, I think that was really good. Yes. That was a lot of good stuff. <laughs> no, I don't know. That was a lot of great stories, too. So, I don't know about that. Paddling. I mean, people are going to love it. I'm sure they are. I'm sure they are. Do you got anything you want to say? Anything no, else? Just good luck with your music career. I appreciate it. I think you're going to be a great teacher. I think you already are. Just from stuff that you've already told me that kids have said to you and, you know, you're doing a better, you're doing a good job. I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you so much. And if you make them cry, it's okay. Yeah, I've done that a couple times. (laughs) (laughs) Well, all right, that's all I have. Um, Thanks again for being on the show. Thank you for having me. If you you really enjoyed this episode, please uh, consider following me on Instagram and subscribing to the show. Thanks. Thank you.